0: Welcome to the Gaudium et Spes podcast, where every other week, we bring you Catholic teachings and stories of faith from people throughout the diocese of Pensacola, Tallahassee. Now, here are your hosts, Suzanne McNinch and Chez Filippini.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Gaudium et Spes podcast Chez and I are back in the studio here today, and uh, we have another teaching episode by Bishop Walk. Um, But as a reminder, if you haven't already, please check out our last episode where Chez traveled over to Tallahassee and had the privilege of speaking with the former boss of his, Miss Sheila Hopkins, who... And they conversed about the Council of Catholic Women, which was just an incredible um, podcast to hear, and um, I I really enjoyed it, Chez. I know you had a good time, too.
2: We missed you, but yeah, it was fun. Thank you. She was so sweet and uh, so knowledgeable, has so many experiences, Um, just a great woman of faith and a mentor. So yeah, it was a privilege. Wonderful. Cool. Well, it's the end... No, it's the beginning of February.
1: It is. Oh, my goodness. Groundhog
2: Day is tomorrow. It is. So... We hope, hopefully, guys, it doesn't turn into Bill Bill Murray's most classic comedy adventure. Hopefully, you wake up on the third. Um, Maybe you'll get stuck with this episode in eternity. And (laughs) hopefully, it's the best episode you ever heard. Um, What am I saying? Oh, we got to start. It's a new month. We got our our same old line, though, uh, which, of course, is the joys and hopes, the griefs and anxieties of the men of this age, especially those who are poor or in any way afflicted. These are the joys and the hopes, the griefs and anxieties of the followers of Christ. Some people don't like February, Suzanne. It's like that transition out of, I mean, Christmas is long gone. Right. Lent is right over the horizon. It is. The shortest month, sometimes the nastiest weather. Um, I don't know. What, I know. But how are you doing? Are you joyful, hopeful?
1: Yeah, I anxious? mean, I think I'm a little bit of both. Yeah. I mean, I'm, well, I'm sorrowful because, can I say that I, Ash Wednesday falls on Valentine's Day this <laughs> year? So I think I, a lot of people are going to have to adjust their plans maybe a little bit because. Oh, my gosh. You know, I've, either yeah. the day before or the day after. Probably the day before because that's Fat Tuesday. So you mm-hmm. can then just indulge a little bit maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Kinda. as marriage
2: and family life director for the diocese, I feel a, a half responsibility to, like, put out a primer, like, how to celebrate Valentine's Day in the proper manner. I would I would defer to celebrate a day early. Yes. Go crazy on Fat Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, start your uh, – in the season of, of, of penance, you know, think of – the great penance that marriage is sometimes, <laughs> right, guys? Right? That's no. right. No, that's that's a. Ter- <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, it is. It is classic though. It's not the only time uh, this has ever happened, but it is very. It's a divine sense of humor moment when Ash Wednesday falls on Valentine's Day. Just
1: very to, true. To it is very true. Um yeah, I mean, but, you know, other than that, there's some really great things going on. We've got a lot of um, ribbon-cutting, oh, opening yeah. kind of uh, events going on at a lot of the places across our parish, and um, one I'm most involved with and most proud of is uh, the um, ribbon-cutting for Magella House. Woo, woo, yeah, woo, woo, happening this Saturday at St. Mary's. So if any of you out there watched this podcast before Saturday... Um, Please join us for Mass at 4 o'clock, followed by the ribbon-cutting ceremony at 5, and then you'll get to tour the house, and Mm -hmm. we'll have some refreshments and hors d'oeuvres and stuff available for everyone. So we just really welcome you to come out and see this beautiful home that – we've been uh, working on praying on and you get to meet our house mother um, so cool. Ellen Kelly um, a w- beautiful woman a woman of faith and uh, so excited for what the future holds for Magella House
2: congratulations thank Suzanne. you you've been behind the scenes <laughs> among the many other things you do working hard on this so yeah, thanks um, I'm glad it's happening it's great yeah for me I'm, I'm honestly it's a joyful this past weekend uh, my son John Paul who's eight now second grader he made his first reconciliation <sighs> so uh, at the cathedral me and my my wife and our kids all went and joined him um, at his first reconciliation. Shout out to Erica Maloney, the Faith Formation Director there, who broke the ice very well for the kids. John Paul was, of course, like so many kids, a little apprehensive. But she used a Bluey episode mm. as like the taking your, I think it's the one where like you take your anger and you throw it in the ocean or something like that. Aww. John Paul loves Bluey. He was immediately dialed in and all excited after that. So he made his, his first reconciliation with great gusto. And uh, my wife and... I and my oldest daughter joined him as well. So it's Aww. just an interesting—we go—we're in that busy season in life. Mm-hmm. The chances to get all of us to go to confession are very rare, but when it happens, it's like—it's pretty cool. So It's
1: a beautiful thing. Yeah, it yeah. really is a family affair to yeah. a large extent. So I love it. Yeah. It's wonderful.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, well— it is time, guys, in that spirit. Uh, Bishop is, we're on the cusp, again, just a couple weeks away from the great liturgical season of Lent. And Bishop, as the spiritual guide for our diocese, wants to take time to just sit us down and talk to us about what the season of, of Lent is about, what we can do uh, to best reap the fruits that God wishes to give us. So tune in, and we'll see you on the other side.
0: As we are getting ready to enter into the liturgical season of Lent, I think it's very important to know well, what is it? What is Lent? How do we celebrate it? How are the 40 days calculated? And what does it mean for me and my faith life? So that's what I'm going to cover today. First, the name, the title, Lent. Where does that come from? Well, it comes from the old English word that is a, that says that for spring or lengthen, it is lengthen. It's so Lent is a shortened version of that word. Christians have always marked 40 days as a special time of celebration in commemoration of those of Jesus, Moses, and Elijah and others who fasted and prayed before something momentous. But also there is a tradition that goes all the way back to the time of the apostles when we had people preparing for baptism. We called them catechumens, and we're doing that again now with the RCIA or OCIA in our parishes. Catechumens are people who are in preparation for to be baptized at Easter. And so this was a time of special preparation for them, and then it was later extended. Extended to all Christians, the whole church, annually, every year. And then also during Lent, there is Holy Week that, um, that commemorates Jesus' entrance into Jerusalem, his passion, his death, and then at Easter, his resurrection. So we have the 40 days of Lent from Ash Wednesday until Easter or sort of. That's really not 40 days. If you know, if you have a calendar, and many people do this, I remember doing this as a child, I would start on Ash Wednesday, and I would count, and I would get frustrated because 40 days comes right around East uh, Holy Week Monday, and, um, and it stops there. And I thought, that's not 40 days. Why not say 46? Because it's really 46 days from Ash Wednesday to Easter Sunday. Well, there are a couple of answers. One, it's symbolic more than anything. This 40 days, just like Jesus, 40 days in the desert, as I said. But nonetheless, there is a way to come up with 40. There's a couple of ways. One, if you can start counting on Ash Wednesday, and yes, it ends at Holy Week with the onset of Holy Week on Palm Sunday, basically. And Holy Week is its own kind of small season within a season. But, I think it's more pr- appropriate to say this. We, we count it by saying it's from Ash Wednesday until, until Holy Thursday, counting the weekdays, um, and Saturdays. That is not just, that doesn't mean that the Sundays are not part of Lent, but Sunday, every Sunday is a mini Easter. And so it, even though it falls within the season, if you really wanted to be strict, Or I guess I would say if you really wanted to be lax and you have a strict discipline you're undertaking, you could take a break on Sunday and not fast or not do your acts of penance on those days. But we'll get to that in a minute. I think you should just go for it. Just do it all, even if it's 46 days of giving up chocolate do all of it. But anyway, I digress. But so 40 days of Lent really. If you want to be strict about it, it's the weekdays from Ash Wednesday until East Holy Thursday and then you have Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday. That's called the Triduum. That's another feast within of I'm sorry, another season within a season. But so with all of this as we approach Lent, we this is the most important thing I think that we must remember that this ends in glory in Easter. We have to have Easter as our starting point. I know that sounds very strange, um, maybe even, um, yeah, just contradictory. But as we go into Lent, we have to keep our eyes fixed on Easter. It's not that we're, we're surprised at Easter. We we don't know what's going to happen, you know, and, and uh, every year, oh my gosh, he rose again. It's so, I'm so glad. We know that he happened. And that's what gives, we know what happened. That's what gives us the grace and the strength to enter into Lent doing certain things penances, fasting, prayers, you know, some things that we want to do so that we can celebrate that celebration of Easter even better, even more gloriously. So we have to have Easter in mind when looking at Lent. We know how this ends and that gives us grace and strength to go through Lent. So how do we celebrate Lent? Well, there are, I, I will highlight three things. One is liturgically. Two, communally, that is, as a community, and three, personally. These are the three aspects that I want to look at. First, liturgically, this is something that affects us all the time because we go to church, we recognize that something is different, and we should. So our liturgies themselves are a little more solemn. Um the we we fast from some of the 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 more the praise and the worship a little bit more, and now we focus on repentance, preparation. Penance, fasting, getting ready to celebrate Christmas. We don't sing or say the Alleluia. We're fasting from that so that we can really let it go at Easter. Same thing is true with the Gloria, Glory to God in the Highest. We don't sing or say that during Lent as well. Not that these are bad in any way. They're wonderful. But again, we fast from them so that they can be even more special when we celebrate them. On Easter. And as far as um, the what, what we may see in church, again, things are a little stripped down. We don't have a lot of flowers or shouldn't have a lot of flowers. The priests and the deacons will wear purple vestments, violet really, if you want to be technical. It's more muted and it has to do with that's the color of penance, except on the fourth Sunday of Lent, Laetare Sunday, then we wear rose colored vestments. It's just a little, because we're a little closer. And, you know, in, in, I think in old ancient times, they needed, they needed a break when, when the fasting was so severe and so strict, they needed to have some sort of something to look forward to, you know, even before Easter. So the fourth Sunday of Lent is Laetare Sunday. And that's a time when we can kind of celebrate just a little bit more. There are also, um, a couple of celebrations during Lent in, when, in which we do sing the Gloria. And that is, those are solemnities. A solemnity is right under a Sunday. It's, it's a, it's a, it's very important on the liturgical calendar. On March 19th, we celebrate the solemnity of Saint Joseph. On March 25th, the Annunciation. So those would be some, uh, some occasions when even in the middle of Lent, we sing Gloria and celebrate a little bit more with different kind of music. You might also see the veiling of statues. Some uh, parishes will do that. They will put a veil, a cloth, a covering over the statues and the crucifix in the sanctuary. This is really appropriate, especially in Holy Week, but some do it, it's okay. Some do it maybe two weeks before Lent, I'm sorry, before Easter. Some may do it all during Lent, although it's more appropriate for Holy Week. Again, th- this is just not to say that those, that we, gosh, we have to hide the statues or something, but I think, I think you get it. It's just, it draws your attention. Wait, why are they doing that? Oh yeah, this is a special time. This is the season of Lent, a time of preparation. We're waiting for Easter. I've also seen some places where they remove the holy water from the fonts as you walk in. And one place when I was growing up, they even put rocks in there. And so you put your finger in there and you're like, what? Oh, wow. Um, I don't, it's not really prescribed or, um, it's, it's not, not, not part of the uh, rubrics, but some people have done that again to highlight the fact that, you know, Easter is about renewal of baptism among other things. And so we're fasting from even that. Personally, I think it's always good to sign yourself with holy water as you walk into church because it reminds us of our baptism and prepares us for the liturgy. Okay, so that's liturgical. Communally, although each of us, of course, is created in the image and likeness by God individually and loved and forgiven individually, we are, as we read in Scripture, a holy people, a chosen race, a royal priesthood. A people for God's own possession. Jesus, God has said over and over again to our ancestors, I will be your God, you are my people, you are my children. We go forth together like our ancestors to the promised land. At our baptism, we're brought into a community of believers, the church, and we have a share in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus so we are reminded of this when we take on various practices and sacrifices even individually knowing that all of us are doing this together one way to look at this is the reception of receiving ash reception of ashes on ash wednesday now maybe you've noticed this i know many people have have uh, commented on this i thought about this a lot in my life but On the one day that we read, Jesus, the gospel says, when you pray, when you fast, when you do something religious, go to your room, lock the door, don't let anyone see. That's the one day that we put a big cross of ashes on our foreheads. It seems very uh, contradictory, actually. But when you think about it, ashes on our forehead, that's not really for us. Even though when we receive them, we hear the words, remember you are dust and unto dust you shall return. Um, but it's not really meant for us. It shows other people what is going on. And so when I see it on other people, I'm reminded, oh, yes, we're, we're, we're all in this together. This is the season of Lent. And I know some people will wear those ashes. They'll still have them on them when they go to work or to the grocery store. I know in one place where I served, um, one of the news anchors had it there for the evening news. And again, it's not to say. I hope it's not to say. Look how good I am, because it actually what it's showing you is look what a sinner I am. Look, look, I need, I need the fruits of the cross of Christ, which are um, forgiveness, redemption, and salvation. So that's kind of a neat thing. Even though that seems like an individual thing to receive a, a, a cross on our foreheads, we look around. We're all in this together. We're all walking this journey together. Lent gives us opportunities to practice our acts of simple penance and fasting together. And many parishes offer things like simple soup suppers when you can come and eat a very simple meal and maybe have a, a prayer, vespers, or Stations of the Cross, something like that. On Fridays, many of our parishes offer fish fries um, because we don't eat meat on Fridays. You can go get fried fish and chips or something like that, and we do it together, which is really neat. We have Stations of the Cross, we have the Rosary, we have Adoration, Parish Missions or Retreats. These are opportunities for us to celebrate the season together. Now, individually, what should we do as individuals then during the season of Lent? Well, there are three things the Church prescribes, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Most of our attention seems to be on giving something up. And that's okay, but it's not everything. So let's talk about some of the things that we can do. First of all, giving something up. That, I think, is a very good thing to do. Why do we give something up? Well, usually people think about food chocolate, uh, desserts, in-between meals, snacks, chips, something like that. It, it, a lot of times it, it revolves around food. And that's okay. I think that's because we that's something that impacts us constantly. We seem to be always hungry. We're always thinking about our next meal or what we could be doing, which is a great opportunity to say, okay, I'm really hungry, or I'd like that chocolate, but I'm giving up chocolate. So instead of complaining about it and saying, oh, it's so hard to be Catholic, I think that's just a great Opportunity for us just to say, why am I doing? Oh yeah. Hello, God. I, I want to do everything for you. I-, I-, I, this is just very tiny way for me to identify with your suffering on the cross, with your passion, so that I can be brought to the glory of the resurrection. Nothing, there's nothing bad about food. We need food. Food is good. <laughs> food keeps us alive. But by giving something good up, you know, it helps to focus us even more on on what is the ultimate good, and that is God and the kingdom of heaven. So every time you get hungry, every time you think about it, then just say a little prayer or something like that. But you can also fast from things like social media, TV, streaming services, etc. Those are good things too, but it's also good just to say, you know, I'm not going to watch, I don't know if we we don't mention a certain uh, streaming service, but I'm not going to watch that service or any movies or anything for 40 days. That's a great thing. It's just a tiny little way to make a sacrifice to identify with the Great Sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Better yet, I would say we can fast from things like gossip, resentment, anger, lust, anything that leads to sin. I hope we're always trying to work on these things, but especially during Lent, it's a good good time for us to to really focus on those things and say, you know what, I'm really going to work on one of those things. I'm just not going to gossip. I'm not going to be angry. You know, and then every time that you're tempted, every time that you're there, just stop, say a prayer, and uh, and I think there's a lot of grace in that. In the in the Bible, God speaks to His people, us, about the fasting that He prefers. He even says to the prophet Isaiah, "Do you think I like it when you fast from food, but you still claw at each other, and you're still resenting each other, and you are at war with one another? Is that the fasting that I like?" No God said the fasting that I prefer is this releasing the captives, untying the thongs of the yoke, setting the oppressed free, sharing your bread with the hungry, clothing the naked, welcoming the stranger so it's good to talk about fasting, giving something up and and I think that really helps to focus us but let's be really let's go a little bit deeper this year and say you know what I want to fast from things that are really bad, like gossip, lust, anger, resentment. And I also want to use that, you know, use that energy or whatever for something good, helping those who are in great need. Fasting. Now, almsgiving. Well, there are ways in which we can give alms. Alms is, you know, something we give to the poor or to those who are in need. We can certainly support People directly. If you know someone who is in need, this is a great opportunity to do that. You can support your parish or your church. Um, We have those little boxes from Catholic Relief Services that many people will take into their homes, and that's good. Fill that up so that they can help people around the world who are in need. Here's another good thing. Calculate the savings that uh, you have from giving up something. Say you're giving up chocolate from a certain store. I'm not going to buy this every day or whatever. Well, that's four bucks a day or three bucks a day or something like that. Instead of that, well, instead of just putting it back into your pocket or your savings account, what can you do with that money? Can you give that money to someone who really needs it? And also, in terms of alms giving, be more generous, loving, merciful, forgiving, positive. This is a great way to give alms. As we look at Lent, as we begin to celebrate or enter into the season of Lent, I like to think about the quote from, well, God's quote, if you will, to the prophet Isaiah in the first chapter. God lists first all of the things that his people are doing wrong. God sees everything. He knows our sins more better, even better than we know them. And after listing all of that, God says to Isaiah, Come now, says the Lord, let us make things right. I love that. It's almost like, let us roll up our sleeves and let us do this. Let us, let's make things right for you and for your heart, your soul. And Lent is a really good opportunity for us to make things right. Now it's not going to change us completely. We're not going to be perfect at Easter, but we're going to be better. We're going to be better if we enter into this season focused on, focusing ourselves on how we can prepare for the glory of Easter by through prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, by giving something up, by sacrificing a little bit, by doing penance, by being sorry for our sins, by confessing our sins, by receiving God's wonderful m- mercy. This should be our attitude as we enter into Lent. Let us do this with God and with one another. That made me think of, as I was writing this, thinking of St. Thomas in the Bible when um when he was around Jesus, all the disciples were around Jesus, and Jesus said, let us go to see Lazarus. Our brother is dead. And they, they start to make that trip to Bethany. Thomas stands up boldly and says, let us go to die with him. Which I don't think Thomas really knew what he was saying, but I love that attitude. And that should be our attitude. Maybe that's a little dramatic for Lent, but let us enter into Lent with renewed hearts, ready to make things right with the Lord and have him help to make us right, make things right with us. If we have that attitude, if we enter into Lent with that attitude, we will come to Holy Week ready to enter more fully into the Paschal mystery of Christ. What is the Paschal mystery? His death, his passion, death, and resurrection. And Holy Week, then, when we come to that, is, as I said, a season within a season. It has a special character of its own. It's it's even more solemn, if you will, than the rest of Lent. And I know it's tempting to think that each day we're going through, you know, kind of a timeline of what Jesus went through 2,000 years ago, and some of it does line up, but we shouldn't get hung up on that. We're not just reenacting what happened 2,000 years ago. We hope through the liturgy especially to enter into the mystery of Christ's passion and death and resurrection. We hope to have the same attitude as him, to die to ourselves, to carry our crosses to rely on the mercy and the grace of God to get us through the difficult moments, even through death to the glory of the resurrection. We have a sense of movement through the course of the week, Palm Sunday, Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, and then Easter Sunday. Although we said Lent ends on Holy Thursday morning, keep it up all through the triduum through Easter. So, you know, again, I said if, if you're giving something up, I know there's some people who will say, yeah, Sunday you can take a day off, take a break. Again, you could, Sunday is a little Easter, that's fine, but why not just keep it going, you know? I don't know if it makes a lot of sense to say you're giving up chocolate, but then on Sunday you just binge for 10 hours on chocolate. That, that That's really not the spirit of Lent here, actually. Keep going through Sunday, keep going through Holy Thursday, especially Good Friday and Holy Saturday. To the glory of Easter. This will really help you to celebrate it well. May this be a grace-filled Lenten season, and it will be if all of us together and individually enter into the season with hearts renewed, hoping to die to ourselves in our old way of life, being renewed by the grace of God, celebrating his death and resurrection, and thus being brought to the glory of the resurrection that we celebrate on Easter.
1: Hello and welcome back. Another great teaching episode from Bishop Walk. Chaz, you know, Lent, I mean, we've gone through it our whole lives, you know, from, from children to adults. And I think there's always something new we can learn each season, yeah. something that we can grow from both personally and spiritually. And, um, you know, I, I think his talk inspired me in many ways. Um, how about you? What did you, uh, what were your biggest takeaways?
2: Yeah, Lent. It's like, <laughs> as far as being a Catholic, I think it's one of the calling cards. Not that our other Christian brothers and sisters don't participate in I think it's pretty popular across most denominations. But um, as a Catholic, you know it's what we do. Right. You know, and, and it kicks off with Ash Wednesday. Um, it's a sobering thing. It's sometimes a frustrating thing when you're a kid. Mm-hmm. Um when you're, you know, especially living in this age where penance is not as built into the rest of the calendar year as it used to be, for example, meatless Fridays were absolutely, you know, mm-hmm. that was the expectation every single Friday, and that was relaxed in the United States in this in the fifties, um, or for example. Um, just random days of penance, Ember Days or something like that is mm-hmm. not as as uh, readily available. And then especially the the existence of the Vigil Mass and the fasting for communion. So, you know, right. if you talk to your grandparents, they would be like, Man, we we used to we had to fast for communion on Sunday starting the midnight beforehand, mm-hmm. so we'd wake up starving, we get to the earliest mass possible. We just don't know that world, you know. No. It's an hour before communion. Sometimes you're throwing Cheez Its in your mouth on the way <laughs> and it's not fasting fast. But I would just say for me personally every time this comes around it's a, it's a it's a remembering that the identity of a Christian is always rooted in not just thanking the Lord for the cross but participating in the cross. Every time you read a saint story about the early church, the martyrs and stuff like that, There is no, and you hate to say it like this, but yeah, there's no escape or option apart Mm -hmm. from picking up your cross and following the Lord. There's no cushy form of Christianity. Mm -hmm. There's no kind of country club, middle class version of it. Like whatever state of life, however rich you are, however poor you are, you will have to voluntarily pick up your cross, deny yourself and follow the Lord. And Lent is the the Super Bowl for that. We're called to it every day, um, but it's that reminder of my identity is rooted in following the Lord. To, to see the resurrection and pick him by cross. And um, whether that takes the form of really radical penances or some fun kind of spirit of the law, maybe letter of the law type of thing, I think you have something to share about that, Susanna, yeah, story. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's a difficult thing for each person to discern. It takes a whole lifetime sometimes to get the, that right. But I don't know. Yeah, that was my takeaway, essentially. Yeah,
1: I think, you know, when I remember being younger, I think it was always Lent. I always remember it. It's Giving up something. Yeah. You know, giving up something you love. And I love how I think we've changed that a little bit in not that you have to give up something you love, but it's more about maybe doing something that you haven't done before. Something service related, Mm -hmm. something to help others, something to grow as an individual. And so. I love that, you know, that that's the thing. But, yes, I mean, when I was younger, it was always about giving something up. And so, you know, one of my biggest spices is candy, in particular chocolate. (laughs) And so um, I remember one year I gave up chocolate. And, um, of course, you got to find alternatives. (laughs) If You know, it's not just about giving it up. It's about, you know, finding something else (laughs) then that craves your – you know, that, that feeds into your, your cravings, craving, yeah. which, you know, is not really the spirit of giving something up. But mm. that's, you know, my youngness and my mind at the time. But I remember um, eating Tootsie Rolls. Okay. Until, maybe
2: chocolate, maybe not chocolate.
1: Well, somebody told me it was chocolate, <laughs> and I felt completely guilty. So I immediately stopped eating Tootsie Rolls, but right. then I I started eating payday bars instead.
2: <laughs> Not a hint of chocolate. Not a does. hint
1: of chocolate. Just nougat and peanuts, <laughs> you know. But, yeah, it really wasn't what, you know, what we're asked to do that's during right. this time frame. So it's a
2: perfect example, by the way. Very smart. Way to get around that. Think, <laughs> you know, tons of candy options out exactly. there. Exactly. But, yeah, it, it is kind of like when it's presented only as, well, just give something up. And that's the point of yep. it. Then you'll just automatically, well, I'll give one thing up and yes. I'll add another thing. Mm-hmm. And it, it's exactly as you said, not that it's about... You know, finding something, maybe something you're uncomfortable doing, that you're not used to doing, and go in that direction. Or if you're going to give something up, you give it up for real. Right. And you eliminate that. The deeper thing is the craving. Yes. That that I have to kind of be be mindful of that doesn't dominate my life and dominate my my psyche, my heart, my mind, um, that takes me away from the Lord. So a exactly. Perfect example.
1: I know. I know. Well, you know, another thing was is that you know after I um. I listened to the bishop. I I went home and um, I I love Matthew Kelly. Um, Mm. You know, he's got a a whole host of books out there and um, other um, tools available. But, um, you know, one of the things that I read um, about Lent that he talked about was the litanies. Mm. And um, I think, you know, like the litany of humility, the litany of trust, I think those are two wonderful litanies that we can um, use individually or even as a group, yeah. you know, let's pray together as a family using mm-hmm. that. And um, I think it's just a great way to kind of really get in and um, capture the spirit of what Lent is all about.
2: Love well, it. Y'all, if you haven't heard of Litany, Humility or Trust, they're dynamite. They get right to the heart of Flint. And especially, you know, maybe the gospel passage that accompanies this most prominently during this time is Jesus in the desert. Um, this, Self-mortification, denying himself food and drink for forty days, and then that, mm-hmm. that ultimate, like his his, it's the ultimate moment before the cross itself, where Jesus places his trust entirely in the Father, especially when when Saint comes to him and says, you know three three different temptations and Jesus' response to one of them. Um, you should not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth yes. of the Lord. That trust he had in his Father to provide for him, mm-hmm. even these moments of great difficulty. Um, great. Litany of Humility Trust, any Catholic website you can find, it will be there. Absolutely. Well, cool. Suzanne, thank you for those insights. Yeah. Um, always a joy to talk to you. you. We've got another episode coming up in two weeks' time, another human interest story, guys, so stay tuned for that and happy preparation for the great season of Lent.
0: Thank you for tuning in today to the Gaudium et Spes podcast. If you would like to know more about our podcast, please visit our website, gaudiumetspes.net, or go to ptdiocese.org and click the button that says podcast. If you listen to the audio version from an app such as Apple Podcast, Spotify, or iHeartRadio, be sure to rate, review, and comment. If you watched us on YouTube, be sure to like and subscribe, or leave us a comment there as well. Thank you for joining us.